This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin recently announced he was not going to run again for the Senate. He recently discussed some of his accomplishments while he was there. And we've got to be carbon conscious, but the bottom line is we're producing more fossil today, cleaner and better than anywhere in the world. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. Postal workers union leaders say the fight is intensifying to prevent the possible closure or downsizing of the state's mail processing center. Randy Yowie has more. U.S. Postmaster General Louis DeJoy's 10-year Delivering for America postal transformation plan includes overhauling mail process and distribution centers and leveraging existing sites in the process. Tim Holstein, vice president of the local 133 American Postal Workers Union, says their information hints that the probable plan is to close or downsize the Charleston facility and process West Virginia mail out of Pittsburgh. What we believe will happen is we shall receive notification of something uh, right around December uh, 24th, 3rd, 22nd, somewhere right before the, the week right before Christmas. Holstein says over the past year, many Charleston mail sorting machines have already been removed. The facility employs 800 people, about 500 are union workers. Holstein says closure would have a ripple job loss effect. There's also other local postal unions that could be affected as well, including the Mail Handlers Union and the National Association of Letter Carriers. The state's congressional delegation and Governor Jim Justice are working to keep the center open to save jobs and keep mail service on time. It's going to cause disruptions. It's going to cause real hurt. It's going to cause lateness. You know, I think there's a reevaluation going on. Holstein says if the closure happens, West Virginia would be one of only four states in the nation without a regional process and distribution facility. The U.S. Postal Service has struggled with operational costs over budget, but Holstein says this possible fiscal correction will backfire. The union believes that uh, this plan one was flawed from the beginning. In another five, six years, it's going to be changed back and all this has been wasted. You can find a link for public comment on our website, wvpublic.org. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin announced his retirement from the Senate last month. Curtis Tate spoke with Manchin earlier this week about that decision, what he wants to do next, and what he's accomplished during his time in office. You said when you announced your retirement from the Senate that you'd accomplish what you'd set out to do for West Virginia. Could you name maybe three of those things? Oh, I could. I mean, there's so many things we've, we've done there, but let me just give you some things that we passed in what West Virginia. First of all, we've got the Mountain Valley Pipeline. We've got, next of all, we had the Arch Hub, okay, Hydrogen Hub, which are major turning points for us. The Hydrogen, the, the, the MVP is going to create a lot of opportunity. We're producing an awful lot of gas. There's going to be an awful lot of of uh, opportunities in industry coming. We have, uh, uh, with the uh, Inflation Reduction Act that we passed that helped West Virginia, we got Form Energy up in uh, in Weirton area that's going to be producing tremendous amounts of uh, battery, uh, battery storage. We have Nucor Steel coming along the Ohio River, Mason County. Uh, just the opportunities continue to keep coming. We've got another hydrogen plant going on in Mingo County down in southern West Virginia. It's Adams Fork using methane coming off the coal seams and turning it into hydrogen. So we have put ourselves in a position to transition as the, as the country and the world is changing. And we've got to be carbon conscious. But the bottom line is 
We're producing more fossil today, cleaner and better than anywhere in the world. So we reduced our emissions for the last two decades. And in doing that, one of the things that I'm most proud of, we were able, I was able to fight like the Dickens, and we were able to get the miners of West Virginia and all across the country, coal miners, their lifetime pensions and their lifetime health care benefits that they were promised and were going to be robbed from. We got that into law now. It'll never happen. People who retire from Congress, they go on to become lobbyists. They might be university presidents or sure. serving cabinet posts or ambassadorships, corporate boards. Are any, right. of those, any of those things on the table for you next? I'm, I'm, I haven't looked at anything, and I haven't thought about any of that because I've still got a heck of a job to do for the next 13 months. And I've been working my tail off on that, and I want, there's a lot of things I want to accomplish. You know, I have a great staff, and they're fighting like the Dickens, too. No one's giving up. We're basically going to give it every we, everything we have for the last minute to the last day, and that would be early January of 2025. So, but <clears throat> I'm more concerned about my country than ever before, and you hear me talk about it all the time. I, and people say, oh, you're going to run for president, and this and that. And I said, let me just tell you something. I don't have a burning desire to run for president, but I do have an overwhelming burning desire to save our country. And if I can get people understanding that the political process that we live in today in America has been weaponized, that means if you're on one side, the other side has to be your enemy. And you have to villainize the other side to create the fervor you need in order to beat them or defeat them. We're not the enemy. A Democrat and Republican, we are not enemies and should not be. We might be competitors with different ideas of how to fix the same problem, but we're all on the same side. That's America's side. They're losing that because Washington is making you pick a side. What side are you on, Curtis? And you figure, well, you've got to pick well. I'm not crazy about either one, but I think I would relate more to this than that. And then you push clear to the left or the right. That middle has been evaporating and gone. There's no place. I think there's more people today that are unsatisfied with the opportunities and assistance that what's going to be provided for them for the next election. And what we're going to do is see if there's enough good people out there that want to re-engage. That's it. No other Democrat currently holds statewide office in West Virginia. Do you have yeah. somebody in mind uh, to, to run um, as your successor, and do you plan to endorse anyone? Well, I haven't gotten into that because I just made the decision late. You know, you have uh, the Democrats have one outstanding, uh, I mean, truly an outstanding leader in Steve Williams running for governor. Uh, I've known Steve for many, many years. I was in the legislature with him, and I've watched him perform in the most difficult, challenging times in, in Huntington and how he's been able to turn that around, the whole economy of that and the whole vibrancy of that area. So he's going to be a tremendous, worthy opponent, a candidate. I think that most West Virginians could rally around someone with that stature and that experience level. I really believe that. As far as on my side, the Senate side, haven't gotten there yet. We'll look and see. If there's an independent, if there's basically a Democrat, or who we think would be best for the state. I would like people to look not at the identity of what party they belong to, but basically the content and the content of what the person is and who, what they're about and what type of experience level they've had. What's their temperament? You know, if you're looking at basically trying to find an enemy rather than trying to find a solution, <clears throat> you're not going to be very helpful for the people in West Virginia. How much was your family involved in your decision to not seek re-election, and, and especially your wife, Gail? Oh, well, Gail, Gail's, uh, Gail's my, she's my, my bellwether. She's my, my, my uh, you know, my confidant. And we've talked about all of this. I've been uh, in over four, I started in 1982, so what, that's 42 years. So I've been, uh, my public service, I, I, I think it was a calling when I got involved. And I've, uh, my family has sacrificed an awful lot. But the people have been so so absolutely wonderful, supportive, and generous and kind. 
and working with me. I could never do anything uh, by myself, but I knew if West Virginians, if we were working towards an, a goal, we could achieve it. And we did a lot. We've done an awful lot uh, together, <clears throat> whether it's the Secretary of State. And we had the SHARES program, Saving History and Reaching Every Student. We got, we got young people involved and in how important it was. Uh, 17-year-old, if they turn 18 before the election day, they're able to vote in a primary while they're 17. People never knew these things. We got them involved. We changed the whole process of how we did corporations and changed all the, the streamlining that, making it easier for businesses to do business in West Virginia. And then as a governor, I think we moved to a whole other level. We had mind safety coming in. We had basically the value of a human being is irreplaceable, and you can't put a price on it. So we did everything to keep them safe. We had horrible mind tragedies. We stuck together, and we created opportunities. We came through the the, uh, the downturn in 2008 and 2009, and the federal government wasn't sending out billions and billions of dollars of, of, of assets and, and help and money to states back then like they are now. Over $10 billion has come to the state of West Virginia during COVID, and uh, now I hope that they have themselves in position to be able to live within their means. So my family had a tremendous amount. I wanted to spend a little more time with them. I have two younger grandchildren, two identical seven-year-old boys out in Houston, and I have a little da- a granddaughter out in Houston's 10. Those are my youngest. The rest of my uh, 10 grandchildren, the other seven, are pretty much grown, and I've missed an awful lot, and I don't want to miss a whole lot more. That was U.S. Senator Joe Manchin speaking to Curtis Tate about his decision to leave office at the end of his term. At 544 this afternoon, listen for the second part of this interview about energy policy. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 753. Rain today with highs in the 50s, a chance of rain through Sunday with daytime highs in the 50s and low 60s, overnight lows in the 40s. Support for WVPB is provided by the West Virginia State Treasurer's Office with a Smart 529 program, recognizing West Virginia's teachers through the Above and Beyond Project. More at WVTreasury.com. This week's broadcast of Mountain Stage revisits our 2021 holiday special. This episode features seasonal songs, old and new, all recorded live over the years on the Mountain Stage. Our song of the week is Maybe This Christmas by Holly Cole. Christmas will mean something more Maybe this year Love will appear Deeper than ever before Maybe forgiveness Will ask us to call Someone we love 
Someone we've lost Reasons we can't quite recall Hey, maybe this Christmas Maybe this Christmas We'll find us at last In heavenly peace Grateful at least For the love we've been shown in the past Hey, maybe this Christmas Maybe there'll be an open door Maybe a star that shone before Will shine once more Holly Cole performing Maybe This Christmas on the Mountain Stage. To hear the full performance and more, tune in Saturdays at 6 and Sundays at noon right here on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. Our Appalachia Health News Project is made possible with support from CAMC and Marshall Health. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Caroline McGregor, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning. <laughs>